This is Tanya Lin with the Sistership Circle podcast. From spirituality, sexuality, and sisterhood to business, relationships, contribution, and creativity, the Sistership Circle podcast introduces a new model of feminine leadership where women get real and vulnerable about it all. Tune in for authentic advice that will empower you to be bold, beautiful, and brilliant as your true self. So today I have the amazing Sarah Drew, and I am blown away by um, by her book right now at this time in history. So one of my friends uh, gave the book or said to our circle, you ladies need to read Gaia Codex. And I was like, oh yeah, I've already interviewed Sarah. I've already visited this book. Like now is the time to revisit this book. And it blew my mind. So sisters listening, if you have not heard of the Gaia Codex, you are going to learn all about it in this interview with Sarah Drew. And um, yeah, she, she's a legend. She has written, I think, one of the books of our time for um, priestesses on purpose. <laughs> so um, welcome, Sarah. I'm really excited to uh, just have this conversation right now. So timely. I'm so glad to be here with you, Tanya. And I know from, you know, our, our points of connection, I, that when we're together, um, I always feel this, just diving into this deeper stream. Uh, with you and with all the women that are gathering virtually and around the world and uh, it always feels very alive when we come together so great to be here I'm getting goosebumps I'm like oh here we go into the portal. <laughs> right? going into the portal yeah mm. <laughs> um, okay so Gaia Codex if I just want to give my little interpretation mm-hmm. of like, for those who haven't heard, heard of it or haven't read it yet, you will. <laughs> Now's the time to read it. Is basically at the end of civilization. And it's a turning over of the world. It's this, um, basically this priestess and the priestesses coming together to usher in like what's next like let's it's the death of the civilization and the rebirth of what's next um and so it's just it's it's just this magical story that feels i mean it's got all the it's it's got codes in it it's got priestess code like real codes and it just feels so it just felt so real (laughs) to me even though it's a novel um but it's set pretty much around this time, right? It was like when you wrote it, it was like 2020 to like 2050, like halfway through the century that this was happening. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, whoa, you know, like here we are actually at this place where it feels like civilization is breaking down. We are on the cusp of this death rebirth. And here Sarah has written this novel about it. So I want to start there and have you just tell us about, um, you know, writing this book and, and anything else that's wanting to come through about this and how this relates obviously to where we are in history. Yeah, it's so interesting to be at this, um, 
this turning point, this, 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 this place of potential right now. And I, I feel many of us have, without knowing the details, without knowing how it would come about, have felt this time and place, you know, this, this possibility for the world and for homo sapiens and for sentient life living together to birth itself anew. And for me, the first tremors of the novel came in the late 90s. And I think that's probably 2001 or so I wrote the prologue and started to write the novel in seriousness, 2008, 2009. Um, and it was, and for, for many of us here that are listening as we're doing our own creative processes, um, it, there were certain uh, transmission memes that were to be in it and a certain time and possible future. And the future, of course, is very dynamic um, that it was to speak about. And, you know, it's a story of an ancient lineage of women that through the rise and fall of cultures have held regeneration codes for the planet. And these are called the priestesses of Astera. They're priestesses of the star, but also very much tenders of Mother Gaia and Mother Earth. And when there's these times which come through history, you can see it strewn throughout the myths where the world will birth itself anew. These women come together, they gather, and they create in a way like a, a luminous matrix, a, a virtual womb through their circle, through their coming together that helps birth this world. And many of us know this calling. And I think many of us, even without having the words to articulate about it, have felt that this particular lifetime, we were here to do something of importance. And many of us, especially probably many of us listening here uh, as part of the sister circle, um, will know that it means that we gather together with women. Um, for me personally, being at this point where I think I spent so much time in this future to be here in present moment feels like a big relief and a great joy and happiness despite many of the parts of the shadow that we're getting to collectively look at i feel a happiness that the veils are falling the scales are falling and the energy is starting to flow you know, the Shakti is starting to flow that will allow us to collectively uh, rebirth what it means to be a homo sapien and a human on planet Earth. Mm. So I, I, I have a feeling some people may be like, what do you mean you're happy? Like everything feels like it's falling apart, mm. right? And, and the shadow is painful. It is yeah. heavy. Like this, and so many women are experiencing so much rage and so yeah. much grief. What do you mean you're happy, Sarah? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the happiness is not for the suffering of anyone and for any part of ourselves because it's 
you know, it's all of us. We are interconnected. So mm -hmm. the pain of another is the pain of our ourself. <clears throat> I think that's one of the great lessons that we're feeling and we're experiencing. And the rage, the anger, the releasing, the volcanic, volcanic often releasing a voice and voices that have been silenced is an essential transformation. And, you know, certainly it is in these moments, the time of Kali, you know. Um, my happiness comes because instead of being shaped by the shadow, we're meeting the shadow directly. Mm. And we're able to work with it head on. Mm -hmm. And we are capable as women, as men, as human beings to, to do that. And we're ready for this quest before us. And I think we're seeing that day by day, day moment by moment, that the shadow is being met with suffering, but it's also being met with compassion and it's being met with love. It's being met with helping our fellow human being, our brothers and our sisters of all races and all walks of life. And I feel a happiness that we're having that opportunity and that myself in my own small way to do that in this lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I so get it. It's like we were brought here to this life right now for a reason and it's right here right now yeah. it's like we've been in preparation we've been in training we it's like it's been this rhetoric of you know like i'm here for this time you know i know i'm here for a reason mm -hmm. but it's like real now yeah like full on <laughs> yeah and it's, it's interesting to move from, and they're all different, just archetypes we get to play. And it's important to, of course, embody as many of the archetypes as possible. And it's a, a blessing to have the experience to embody ones. But to go from being an outlier um, to move into it being more widely accepted. I think many of these visions that we've held, um, and it's, it's not important whether it's outlier or not outlier, or you know, they all have their purpose. But I think now, you know, so many of us are really having the opportunity, again, to have the, the veils pulled and to look more clearly uh, what does it mean to be human on the planet? How do we want to continue? What sort of civilizations do we want to build in the future? Mm -hmm. Starting now, starting today, starting with our inner relationships with our, our families and our friends and how we raise our children. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we have the opportunity to create magic together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, Oh, there's just so many places we can go right now, but I'm, I'm very present to this piece that you were talking about. Um, and I, you know, I remember in the book, 
the priestesses are coming together from all the lineages from from the past to create this virtual womb you said mm -hmm. right um in this ushering in of of the next civilization and um so how is that happening now mm -hmm. can you speak into this piece yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you know, there's, on one level, there's so many organizations like yours that have really been cultivating what it means to be in circle with other women, the, the infrastructure for that, the, the actual gathering of that. Um, I think there's this web of different women who have really felt that that's their call and you know i think what you've done has been so powerful in that way because i i really sense that that you any women from all walks of life are, are welcome with you yeah and you know mothers to young women who are you know just coming out of college or in college you know it's any age any social ethnic dynamic and and that's what it is right you know with that so i feel that there's there is this web of circle gatherers that have have really been um doing the work and doing that um i also feel that that many of us you know as we come together as we're in circle as we listen deeply and sometimes it's it's through mentorships where we're we're learning from elders which is so valuable but it also is realigning to that deep listening within ourselves because we have those codes we have those knowings within us and if it wasn't given to us by our mother or if it wasn't given to us by our grandmother our grandmother's grandmother somewhere down in each of our lineage lines there's been a way where women have been close to the earth, have protected the earth, and were part of the sacred mysteries of the sacred feminine. And it's there also in our collective. You know, uh, Joseph Campbell would always talk about that there's this ability, and Jung as well, right? That lineage of thought was that you're able to access the collective uh, consciousness and um so this is there in the gaia codex it's there is the codex it's, it's something that's a, a living tradition that's available to each of us and um that happens through initiation it happens through listening but i feel that we're at this time where we are more directly accessing that information and I think it's often and can be very heightened in its activation through sister circles, through circles coming together. And, you know, this understanding where each a piece, a uh, facet of the diamond and of this, this sacred transmitted knowledge. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned earlier, there were a few of these codes mm. that you really wanted to make sure that were in the book. Right. Yeah. So when you're kind of formulating the book, can mm. you speak to that? Yeah. Um, it was interesting when I was doing that and 
since then I've, I've worked with other women writers and it's interesting how I think there's a way of writing that women are doing that is different than maybe is kind of the traditional way of the book and how it came to me was a mandala of visual symbols. Um, some of them, I mean, they're very, in some ways, easy to trace uh, within the book, but, you know, that's the idea of uh, this continuity of the lineage of the sacred feminine, feminine and her priestesses through time, even when they've been quiet. And it's been something that's been in all cultures and all places and times. And that there's women that birth through lifetimes with that remembrance, with those seeds, with those learned and cultivated skills that they are able, they have a possibility or potential within a lifetime to enact. And of course, many of us, many, many lifetimes, if you believe in transmigration of the soul um, as a construct or as a truth, that uh, we've had to be quiet. And maybe it's something that we just practiced with a few, or maybe it was something that we didn't practice at all because it was too dangerous. But now we're at this time where we can gather. So that's, that is one of them. Um, another is the idea of metamorphosis. And mm -hmm. that is the ability of the species to be constantly evolving. And in this case, reconnecting with the trans-species DNA code of the planet and with Gaia herself. Um, and there's, I'm, I'm realizing some people may not have read the book. So I, don't, <laughs> I mean, the story is the story. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. yeah, there's, there's, uh, uh, I can still talk about themes yeah. of the book without someone right. read it yet, because you will want to read this book after you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It goes into sacred Harris Gamos with the, the, mm -hmm. the divine masculine yep. um, and the idea of the Gaia Codex itself is, again, this idea that there's Earth herself is both a codex of uh, 4 billion years, 5 billion, you know, 4.6 billion years of um, history and knowledge that is there for us to access. But there's also a, a theory, almost like a Keshik, or as they call it in Buddhism, the Alaya records mm. of information that is stored and is accessible. And that in this mythology, the Gaia Codex, that the women are um, first connectors to and holders of and protectors of. And so often we see in real history that people forget. Knowledge is gained, knowledge is lost. History can be cyclic until a lesson's learned. We can see this in our own life, like in Buddhism with samskaras, you know, until we learn something, we are destined to repeat it. Um, so the women, these priestesses, are holders of this knowledge and protectors. And they bring it to the fore to embody it and to share it mm -hmm. in these times and to activate it. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we say this remembering, right? Like mm -hmm. that's one of the these key words that we use right and mm. so we're 
It's like you step in a circle and you remember, or we're in this process of remembering who we are. And so I just want to bring that word in. That's very much what you're speaking to of, and um, yeah, it's like the memory that these trees, for example, the redwoods, right, have, that have been here for so long, like the memory that they hold, the rocks, I'm just very present right now to when I went to um, the Chalice Well in Glastonbury, mm. Avalon, and mm. I sit on the step, I sat mm. down, I'm there with Elaine Kalila, right, the priestess mm. presence, and I'm transported, yeah. and I am literally downloading as I'm sitting mm. on the stone, and I'm like, there are, I have sat on these stones before. Yeah tripping me out and what came down with that download sacred hero scamos yeah that was that and i was like oh i'm here to reclaim my sacred sexuality what (laughs) that's the one i signed up for this retreat like like what you know just mind blown but that was it and it's like and so it's so it these themes that you just mentioned Mm. of connecting with the our ancient our sacred sexuality the union the sacred union between masculine and feminine the Mm. metamorphosis um the codes of the earth the way that we cycle with the moon and the earth you know all these things Mm. and it's like that's what we're learning in circle together that's what we're remembering and it's so yeah the way you have it in the book and that we need to tune in and continue to bring these codes to create the new like what's next yeah because right now we're we're at that place where it's like okay well there's an agenda to potentially get rid of all that so are we you know what are we standing for right now as we're on this preface of like how do we use technology right now you know and there's this mm. there's all this talk around um you know the the merging of machine with man which mm. has happened but with ai mm. and okay so that's already here but are we going to erase the human soul because there is it feels like there's an agenda there with not having people gather and all these things. And that piece that you said around gathering in secret, I feel like I've been doing that the last couple months mm. as one of the only mm. ones holding circle in my living room mm. when we're not supposed to, mm. right? Very mm. interesting. And I'm yeah. like, wow, this is, this is, yeah, we've done this before. We've mm. gathered in circle in secret before. Yeah, it's, uh. again, it's, I think that, <laughs> I know, it's, I, oh, this, and again, this may be, feel counter to a, a, a lot of what are many of our day-to-day experiences, but I feel, I really feel not only hope, but I feel the, the, the upswell yes. right now of things being broken open and the structures that many of us in social agreements that many of us even have tacitly 
been part of, even if we're revolutionaries against it, we're part of these tacit agreements of uh, social content, of conduct against the earth or with the earth, of, of how we consume. A lot of these things are being reframed, re-questioned, um, you know, over the COVID, we've seen the immediate effects with the earth of what happens when a large part of the population is not flying all the time or driving all the time or yeah. and in terms of social justice i feel you know as we're recording this right now on june here we are june 19th right mm-hmm. june 19th. Mm-hmm. and you know we're here on a historic day um that there is a, a collective, not a unanimous, but a collective voice of saying, okay, we can change it. And we can create a different world to live in, to experience together. I, I really feel that it's so important for all of us and everyone that's listening today, like, really consider in yourself, like, what is that seed of how you see the future? What do you see in 10 years? What do you see in 15 years? What do you see in 20 years? What do you see in five years? And draw a picture of it, write a poem about it, sing a song, dance it, and have it as part of your day-to-day ritual. Because I think the listening is important. There's forces certainly larger than ourselves, but I think there's the opportunity for us to be proactive on what we want to create together. And as the veils are broken open and as societal structures are collapsing, this is the moment to really um, take agency and for us to take leadership and to take visionary um, proactiveness and delight in that. Yes, 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 yes. I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, yes. That is exactly it. And I'm just even visualizing right now as you're speaking, like group visioning, circle mm-hmm. visioning of our mm-hmm. future, right? And the power of that. And mm-hmm. how when we come together in circle and we speak things into the space, that mm-hmm. that intention in the circle gets amplified by the collective energy and just like you know at the beginning of covid or midway through covid i can't remember the big meditation day mm-hmm. and they showed just the the impact of that day yeah uh, on you know some scales or whatever and just mm-hmm. that the power of the collective and so there's this feeling of oh these powers to be i'm powerless right like i can't do anything but that is so not true we have so much power and us individually visualizing the future, you know, holding those visions in our eye and listening for that and then coming together as a collective and holding that together. We're unstoppable. So I'm so with you. There's so much hope right now. Yeah. And for us to just continue to stay connected and, and really, um, and just it's that's the new paradigm not in isolation not in disconnection no more lone wolf 
this is truly it. It's the collaboration, the co-creation coming together as a collective that will create that world that we do desire and that we stand for. I, I love, I love what you're saying and I really feel it in my heart. And I, it is that interconnectedness, right? I mean, our, I mean, on one level for many of us, you can go, yes, of course, things are connected. Everything's connected, but we, this particular society is built on disconnection, mm -hmm. disconnection from the earth, uh, <laughs> being one of the largest ones, right? Um, and the idea of, you know, kind of nuclear, and it's changing, and it's changing, I think, with our generation, it has changed, but the idea of siloed nuclear families and, you know, all these things that were very counterintuitive to how human beings have lived on the earth for a long time. And really, when you go beneath the surface it, of what our truth is, I mean, I'm sitting here in the culmination of, I mean, some of the food is from our garden here and up on a farm in upstate New York, but uh, everything that I am is the culmination of interconnection and interaction with other forms of life, of sentient life, you know, plants, trees, animals, other humans. Um, I can't even take a bite for breakfast without, you know, I had a chicken a egg from one of our chickens, but I could have bought an egg from the store and it's still, there's all these levels of connection with anything that we're doing. And to, to really see that and have gratitude for that. Uh, when I was growing up as in maybe many families, we would always sit down and just say, thank you for this food mm. and the blessing of this food. And that was a prayer at every meal. And, you know, the knowing that, that food and sustenance and abundance is precious. Mm. And, and also that all the hands and, and all sometimes the lives that were given to, to give us sustenance and would be in that state of gratitude. Mm -hmm. And what's so interesting is how many people have been creating their little gardens and that we were on a wait list for over a month to get chickens <laughs> because everyone's getting chickens. Right. You know? And true. it's like back to the earth. It's so amazing. Like really this, uh, people really seeing that that's important, you know, to, that we need to remember these things, how to do that, how to grow our own food. And yeah, yeah. If, if, if systems do break down and um, chain lines, you know, chain, chain supply breaks down, then yeah, what are we gonna do around about food? We, we don't know, we gotta be prepared, yeah. but it's more than that. There's like the, yeah, this is, that's the opportunity is, and that's the thing with the shadow, right? Is like, we can look at that the shadow is giving us the medicine we need yeah and so the shadow of covid was like okay well yeah now i get to do these it's it forced us to do the things that we kind of knew but it's like the garden or you know the these little things for me homeschooling right mm. it's like 10 years i've known about <laughs> power home like I remember being so inspired 
back in 2010, I met this woman and her kids who were homeschooled and they had their little businesses in middle school. And I was like, I want that. I don't know when I'm going to have kids, but that's what I want. Mm. And then mm. it was like, that's not possible. You know? And I was like, I gave up on that dream. And then it was like, oh, thank you. Thank you, COVID for reminding me right. of that. Like, yes, actually I can have that. It's not hard. Mm. And that is actually what I truly desire. And I'm going to create that for my children. I'm not putting them in the old broken system of education. No, thank you. Wow. That feels so great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> so many things. Yeah. So many things. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm just thinking about that. There's a scene in the book where walking through the kind of this decaying bodies all over the, the ground, um, the, the, the end of civilization, it's there, you know, and that, what was it that wiped it, wiped out the people? It was a virus. <laughs> How'd you know that, Sarah? <laughs> It's so interesting. I, I, I was hoping it was a warning, right? Just kind of playing it out. And, and that scene is very extreme. I don't think we have to go there. Mm. But um, there's this kind of tousle back and forth is in my, my own muse and guidance of like, how extreme do I want to show it? Or does it, does not even I really, how does it want to be shown? Mm -hmm. but I, I think that scene in, in Gaia Codex is there as a warning. If we don't take heed to the warnings, that's what could happen, right? I, I think we have, we still, I, in some ways I feel like COVID was um, a very kind of light, it yep. could be much worse. Yep. You know? And it could get much worse. Right. Depending on how um i sense i mean i i i do think there's give and take you know how do we react to it does everybody go back to normal after this and just say okay great that's over wonderful let's go back to what we're doing i think quite a few of us are not going to go back to what we were doing no and many will yeah and many will yeah mm, well beautiful mm -hmm. conversation we've had um, I just want to give you the, if you had the mic to just share one final thought with the women, what would that be? Uh, you know, such, such a gift for our, all of us to be here at this moment in history and time. And I'm really just feeling the, the spark that resides in each one of our souls and the, the burning flame that is happening as we gather together. And may we together uh, vision and also create in each of our thousands of different ways uh, a world that um, is truly fertile, that truly honors the earth, that truly honors each other and gives uh, optimum opportunity for all. 
and will benefit all beings, not only in our present time, but through time. Hey, Mama. Mm. Thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, uh, so you can uh, share with us how women can um, con or you know get get the book. Go to your <laughs> website, sarahdrew.com, yeah. or no. What's the um, website? Uh, there's sarahdrew.net, uh, Gaia Codex uh, slash dot com slash 2020. Um, you can have the get the book. We're during the the COVID thing. We've been doing a 2.99 on the Kindle because I wanted to get it out to as many people as possible. And for uh, those of you from the Gaia Codex community, I just, uh, Tanya Lin has a new book out as well, if I can just <laughs> offer that out for those of you that are listening, that um, will really give you a lot of the, the fundamentals and practice for Gathering in Circle and is highly recommended. And I believe that's, is that out today or it'll be certainly out by the time yeah. that this interview is out, right? Yeah, The Art of Leading Circle. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, um, if you can come out of here with two books, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be a nice, a nice companion book. Beautiful. Mm. All right, sister. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.